Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No water on Bill's deck, but we are live. Let's just show up there's no water in his router like last week. That was that was lots of fun. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, October 31st. I am Dan Rubin. That is Bill Kerlick. We are dressed as ourselves today. No costumes. Hopefully, we will be joined here momentarily by the great Mark Porter. But uh, we're going to get started ahead of time here. Lots to talk about. Got some recruiting stuff to chat about. We will chat about the football team. And who knows, we may even chat about you know what. And everyone knows what. Um, Bill, over the last, let's say, 24 to 36 hours, a new name has busted onto the scene for Ohio State. As you know, we are coming down the stretch here on 2024 and it's clear that Ohio state wants to add a defensive lineman. We're going to talk about it, but three guys that they're chasing who are committed elsewhere. You guys knew about Amaris Williams, the North Carolina native committed to Florida. And you knew about Deshaun Warner, the Arizona native committed to Kansas, but we didn't know about Carlin Jones, the Bay city, Texas native, Committed to Nebraska, 6'2 and change, 270 pounds. Looks to me like there's some who think he's an end, some who think he'll grow into a tackle. But he is very clearly impressed with Larry Johnson and the fact that Larry invited him to the fold. Bill, as we welcome in Mark Porter, tell us what you know about Carlin Jones and then kind of lay out what Ohio State feels about him and uh, the goings-on of the last 48 hours or so. Well, as you mentioned, Dan, there's no doubt they want to add at least one defensive end lineman to the class, and I wouldn't be shocked if they would uh, welcome in two um, if things fell their way. Um, You know, you, you go back and you look at last season, and there were three defensive ends that Ohio State wanted. And, uh, uh, they, of course, were Keon Keeley, Mateo Anaglia, and Damon Wilson. Uh, they had, you know, some people thought that uh, they were going to get all three. I was never really in that uh, category. I did not really think at any point that Ohio State was very likely to land Keon Keeley. Uh, 
I did think they were going to get one of them. That was my feeling. I thought the most likely guy was Damon Wilson. Unfortunately for the Buckeyes, they didn't get any of the three. Um, they did get Mickens, but they didn't get any of the big three. This year, uh, certainly they wanted Dylan Stewart. He was at the top of the board. They didn't get him. There was a couple other guys, Marquise Lightfoot being one of them. But uh, they did get a huge one in Edric Houston. And they also got two defensive tackles, uh, Mensa, and then, of course, five-star Justin Scott. But when you look at it, there's still room for more defensive linemen in this class, particularly the focus is on defensive ends. They went out and offered a scholarship to Amaris Williams, who they are absolutely still in the running for. He has made an official visit to Ohio State. He is still considering Ohio State. He is still considering Florida, who he's committed to, and he's still considering Tennessee. So Amaris Williams is still a possibility. Uh, Deshaun Warner is still a possibility uh, from Arizona. He uh, could still make an official visit to Ohio State for the Michigan State or Minnesota games. That's not certain at this point, but that still could happen. And then Mark Pantone and his staff are doing what they do. They're giving Ohio State and the rest of the staff other options. Um, and one of them now is Carlin Jones, who they offered a scholarship to. Larry Johnson offered him a scholarship. And um, I talked to a source very familiar with Carlin Jones uh, last night. Also, Mike Roach from our, our Texas guy talked to Carlin Jones himself last night. We had two stories on Buck Nuts on uh, Carlin Jones last night. Carlin Jones will make an official visit to Ohio State for the Michigan State game. Uh, you look at his body type, I guess you'd say, six two and a half, two 270 pounds, you immediately think defensive tackle. Not so fast, my friends. Um, he's a kid that I watched both of his junior and senior season huddle videos last night. Uh, he has played all over the defensive line for Bay City High School in Texas. He's played tackle. He's played nose guard. He's played end. And I was impressed with those two huddle videos. Uh, he can play, and there's a reason Ohio State offered him a scholarship. So he, he could definitely be in the mix as a guy that uh, plays various positions if he were to end up at Ohio State. Uh, he is, as I mentioned, going to make an official visit to Ohio State, for the Michigan State game. So we'll see what happens. Do you think the interest in Jones has anything to do with Amaris Williams or Deshaun Warner? Williams uh, visited recently, and then you get this little vibe that there may be a flip, and then they get home and maybe things settle down, and then they offer Jones. Do you think those are separate or linked? I think it's, again, the case of uh, Ohio State giving themselves more options. They are really good at it. If they find somebody that they think can play at Ohio State, uh, which if you watch, um, again, Carlin Jones' video, I think the kid can play at Ohio State. They think he can play at Ohio State, obviously. They offer him a scholarship. But, again, I think they're still very much in the running for Amaris Williams. And um, uh, getting back to Jones, I talked to somebody last night, a source that has seen Jones, and he says that uh, even though at six, two and a half, 270 pounds, he said his body type is more that of a strong side defensive end than maybe a defensive tackle. So I just think it's a case of you give yourself as many options as possible. And I think there's room for two of those guys in the class. 
if uh, if uh, Morris Williams wanted to be a Buckeye and one of the other two did too, I think they could take both. We will stay. I, Go ahead. Uh, I, I watched the film also of Carlin Jones, and I don't want to be the wet blanket, but I'm not sure he's the defensive end. Uh, like Bill said, played multiple positions on that line. You saw him move around. I didn't see the explosive edge rusher that I would like to see, not like Amaris Williams. I would rank him higher as far as defensive ends go. Uh, the strong side defensive end Bill mentioned, that's more maybe where I see him maybe fitting in because he does move pretty good. But, you know, to me, uh, an end is a pass rusher that has rockets in his shoes, and this kid doesn't have rockets in his shoes. Not that he's not an, an unbelievable defensive tackle, that type of thing. So, yeah, I know we're searching for an end, but I think Bill's kind of on sniffing down the trail that, you know, maybe two guys in this class, one an end, one a tackle. We still have room for more bodies, but and not to buck the trend here, but what I was seeing on tape says to me, 6'2", 275 is defensive tackle to me. It, it, I, if you're going to be a defensive end, you better get your feet moving a little quicker and come in with a – I mean, and I watched the, the most recent tape on him, so I know I'm current with what I was seeing. And I hate when Bill and I aren't exactly on the same page, but strong side end, like you said, that film kind of gives you the, the roadmap for where you might be headed with this kid. But Amaris Williams, the, he, he's the end. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think Amaris Williams and uh, Carlin Jones are different players, like I said. Yeah, a, yeah, a that, that's, that's probably a better way to say it. Jones, a, yeah. Uh, the, Amaris Williams – is more of the twitchy uh, pass rusher, and Carlin Jones is more of the strong side type guy. Uh, they would have two then, you know, if they got him, because Edric Jones is that type of guy too, uh, more of the strong side guy. But, yeah. you know, two really good strong side defensive ends, I would take him. Edric Jones has uh, had a very nice senior year, if you watch. He has some pass rush skills. He's not your classic uh, hold down the edge, you know, try and uh, wall everybody off for the weak side guy to come flying in there. He, he's got some pass rush abilities. He's definitely got pass rush abilities out of that, like, uh, what they call air raid third down when you slide a guy inside and he can rush against tackles. The Cowboys had Mark, Micah Parsons rushing against the nose guard this past week. So that's just a matter of being creative. We've got a lot of questions about a lot of different dudes out here on the right for recruiting. I'm going to get to those. But first, I want to touch on the game from the weekend. If you guys saw Mark, the Buckeye in the sky was up there. We are headed into the stretch run here. Buckeyes are 8-0. and um, The way I viewed the game against Wisconsin, Mark, was that had they not thrown the two first half interceptions, I think that game would have gotten away from Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin was kind of waiting to be blown out, I thought. And then um, I said yesterday on the show, I used to come on here and say, if the other team can't score 30 points, they have no chance against Ohio State. And when I watched the games, I'd have a certain sense of calm if I didn't think the other team could do that. Now it's flipped. I never thought Wisconsin was going to win that game. And Ohio State's offense wasn't lighting it up, and that's just confidence in the defense. Generally speaking now, your thoughts on the team at this point through eight games, you've evaluated eight games, have they made the progress you expected? And then at the end, your deep dives a stretch, but your thoughts on Kyle McCord at this point in the season? Um, 
it's time to do the deep dive. Eight games in is enough info. Uh, the first four games, you know, people were asking us, what's the matter with the line? What's the matter with this? We weren't playing opponents yet where you can judge. We weren't running game plans yet meant to max out our offense. Uh, I think those first four or five games, you're feeling yourselves out, your, your personnel, the injuries. This was the first game I think I, I got a sense of what was going on and uh, the first thing I'll talk about is the O-line. A couple of weeks ago, the sky's falling. We couldn't rush. Last week, Mark, which running back do you like the most? I picked Travion Henderson because when he gets a crack, it pays off. And we saw that in this past game. Like, he got a few cracks, and all of a sudden, the big runs, the big yardage, the high uh, yards per carry is there now. Uh, the offensive line uh, – we kind of said, oh, it was a lot of zone at the beginning of the year, a lot of vanilla. Now we're seeing the uppercut. Now we're seeing the left hook. Now we're seeing the jab. You're seeing zone. You're seeing misdirection. You're seeing gap blocking. You're seeing trade. You're seeing the power plays. Uh, you're starting to see the, the prize fighter who's got all the, the punches for him now. And that's what is hard to stop. You know, we were saying, oh, they need to start gap blocking. Well, gap blocking is not the end-all, be-all to making you know an offensive line work, but it's one of the puzzle pieces that if you slide some gap blocking with some zone blocking and you do those other things and you're moving the pocket around for the quarterback, this offense has become really hard to put your mind on if you're a defense. It's not vanilla anymore. Uh, the game plan, we've seen Marvin Harrison light it up with, with routes being called for him, with one-on-ones being called for him, with McCord even saying – I probably should even go to him, you know, with a Mecca out. So now you've seen him, what, what it would look like if we really wanted to get him the ball and how dangerous he can be. Uh, defensively, yeah, if I hear another announcer say they're in a bend but don't break defense, you know, it's going to make me sick. But, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of did change their style. They're putting a roof on things. They are aggressive. That's why I don't like when they say, ah, oh, that's a bend but don't break. You're seeing cover one. You're seeing press man-to-man. You're seeing – high-risk defenses where, hey, if you could blow by a corner, you might be able to get a quick six. But for the most part, the tackling's better. The up-front line on defense is better. Those defensive ends and that rotation. Now we're seeing uh, Canoe and some of these other guys show up on that rotation where they're, they're providing a spark. And, you know, the other guys are coming in and saying, I better produce or I'm going to see more of my backup in the game. And, and I think – that's kind of a secret on defense there. That defensive line's maybe now at full strength. Like a hockey uh, thing when you're throwing guys, it just seems like there's more of a flow there. But, yeah, now I'm almost like, Dan, I didn't worry about that defense. I didn't think yeah. Wisconsin was going to drive. That. It seemed like we were the bigger bully on the block on defense, and you're not worried about a track meet score, I guess is what you're saying. Right. You're, you're just saying, hey, we can, keep, we can keep punting, and it's okay. We can punt again, and it's gonna be, we can throw an interception. And right. it may be okay, you know. And so to get to McCord, I don't think he's as comfortable as I would like him yet. You know, he's, he's, he has the arm. He has the talent. Uh, a lot of it is being the driver of the Ferrari, though. You know, you put a lot of guys in the seat of a Ferrari, they look good. So he's in the seat of a Ferrari, and he needs to look good. And I know that's being a little critical of him, but not good in flashes. A, a more consistent good where – some of the some of the throws are a little puzzling. Sometimes you'll say, "Oh, that was a miss. That was that was a miss by an eighth grader. That was a miss by a high school guy. That's a miss by a college guy." So you know, full disclosure, he, he probably is the where 
my my kind of just in this last game was like, oh, oh that might have been the weak link for the game. You know, those two interceptions kind of made everybody play a little longer, a little harder than we had to. But uh, do I think it's doom and gloom for him? No, uh, I don't think it's anything like that. I just think that if when you're being Ohio State critical and you're being Bucknuts critical, that's that's the place where your eyes go. And I, I know the Bucknuts have already been there, but overall, now we're humming. And I and I, I'm a broken record about this, but if you're not coming into the end of the year peaking, then you're in trouble going into those college playoffs. And you can even be a bad team at the beginning of the year and coming to the end of the year peaking. But I think Ohio State is headed that direction with health, scheme, confidence, and you know the the, the things they're going to have coming up on the schedule. Well, they really need to be healthy. Um, I think we saw. You know, we spent days and weeks talking about Dallin Hayden. Had Trey never gotten hurt, we probably never would have had to do that. And I said on the show yesterday, I've been critical of Travion Henderson's wiggle. I thought that was the best game he ever played at Ohio State. He was finding the holes. He was, you know, making it hard in one-on-one tackle spots. And then once he gets into a groove in the second half, pretty much every game he plays, if he's in a groove, he's going to bust a deep one in the second half when you're just a little too tired to get over there and you're a step slower that sprinter speed shows up because then it's arm tackles and uh, you can see his number, his 32 looks bigger than anybody's number. He's a squatty dude. You know what I mean? You're not arm tackling him late in the game. So that was I, impressive. I, I keep trying to figure out what he's going to look like in the NFL. And I'm, I'm thinking like a war done, you know, yeah. something, you know, he's undersized. Thicker. Yeah. Like uh, Kenneth Gainwell is a little undersized. Yeah, a We've got call. some thickness. I mean, it's going to be Darren Sproles. Like, there's some body types and some guys, and they might – maybe he's not going to live up to some of the names I just mentioned. But, you know, he I don't is. Think he's in, yeah. I do every down halfback in the NFL. No, and that's what worries me. But we're yeah. going to use him as an every down back in college. And you were alluding to it. When he gets into those, you know, I guess scrums, you're like, oh, he's dead meat. They're going to grab the side of a jersey and boom to the ground where – that didn't happen as much. When you say that was his best game, that's it's you know, kind of why it was his best game. Is there was a lot of times he disappeared into that line, and you're like, "Oh, little guy's going down." No, little guy's shooting out the other side. His and feet so, were more active, you know. Yeah, I mean? and, may, and maybe he's you know a little stronger than he was last year, and we just haven't seen that yet out of him. But you're right there. There was a little more where we, I think, we can get away with him with a 70, 80 percent roll and bang that's him it. into the tackles. You know where. In the NFL, he's going to be looked at as like a 40% guy, but but a dangerous. I don't want to say he's going to be like a James White or just a receiving back like their Patriots had or something like that, but he's definitely got some work done as a guy that you would hope he could turn into. And every down guy in the NFL that was 185 pounds or 190 pounds, and you just beat the taste out of him, and he'd come back for more. If I was going to be selling Travion Henderson to the pros right now, I think I would be selling him on the Jameer Gibbs template. Um, simply because after uh, last night, yeah. yeah, but also Gibbs got paid, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to, you want to be a first round draft pick. And I think yeah. Gibbs, like Henderson, if used correctly, he put it this way, Gibbs runs away from NFL people. Henderson will run away from NFL people. His speed is that is legit sprinter speed. I mean, he won the hundred, uh, in Virginia. He was more of a track guy coming. He, that, that's legit. It's more of the every down stuff. And I will say this, the NFL has gone to a very much a platoon system anyway. So I could see, I could de- if Travion Henderson can stay healthy the rest of this year, 
because I think that's what the NFL teams are really looking for. And then he has a great combine and stuff. I, I do think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. He's the kind of guy that will go a little bit higher than you think because you cannot teach speed. Um, yeah. You know, Dan, you, you mentioned health. One thing that's worried me now is uh, I'm not a two-quarterback guy at oh, all, but I did like that package yep. with Devin Brown at the goal line. I thought it was successful. Devin Brown being out, that concerns me. I mean, should. we're talking if anything <laughs> happens to McCord – you're putting in either Tristan Gebbia or a true freshman that's never taken a snap. So uh, that's a bit concerning to me until Devin Brown gets back. Uh, the fact that, you know, he's not available. Despite, and, the, and like I said, I did like that package they were using. It's funny, you know, uh, Bears fans think that Justin Fields came from Oklahoma and played with Jameel Holloway. You know what I mean? Like, they don't think he's a passer, and they don't remember that. He played an entire season here with Gunnar Hoke as his backup, and he ran with a do-not-break-glass you know, thing around him. So, yeah, when you're quarterback, when you need that guy to be in there, and it's interesting also because I think people want to see Kyle McCord maybe run it a little bit more on those third and uh, needed plays, and – we do not want him taking hits, and he did not look fully healthy by the end of that game. So uh, the fighting Greg Shianos, who I'm telling you, if you want to know what trick plays look like or goofy crap, it is coming. It is coming this weekend. He always does that, and he's coming. You know, that game is going to be Gavin Wimsat, their quarterback, is basically running the option. There's no way to look at those two teams and think he can play it their standard way and have a chance. So. Shiana will pull out all the stops. All right, we're going to go as rapid fire as we can here from you guys. So let's keep the answers reasonable because we've got a ton of recruiting questions. Doug Shepard, South Carolina is a dumpster fire. Yes, their coach has a broken foot from kicking something after the game. That's a sure sign that the season is not going the way you want. Any chance of Washington, D.C. native Dylan Stewart joining the good guys, Bill? As I have said many times, I don't like to say never in recruiting. As soon as you start saying never, then it happens. So I never, I don't like to say that. And uh, uh, B. John Robinson was a good reason why you don't oh, say it, it can't happen. I remember, uh, you know, had quotes on why he was going to Ohio State. He didn't go to Ohio State. Bill, <laughs> you remember who the other running back was going to be in that class? We thought. Ooh. Jameer oh, Gibbs. What's that? Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. B. Oh, Robinson and Jameer Gibbs in one class. Mm -hmm. Would that have been good? Good <laughs> gracious. That is that's that actually just made me a little bit depressed. I'm not even gonna talk about that. Okay. But uh no, I don't think uh so far Dylan Stewart has not shown any inclination that he is going to go anywhere but South Carolina. Again, I don't like to say never, but so far he hasn't shown an inclination to want to go somewhere else. Here's another reason I don't think that's going to happen. He's part of the DMV contingent that has gotten locked in down there. The, the, uh, the number one guy from D.C. they got the year before was Nicholas Harbor. Perhaps you guys remember him from running the 100 at the WCAC final, like 6'4", 225. He has gotten the most snaps at wide receiver of any freshman in the country. 
Okay. So if you're selling to Dylan Stewart, that you're going to come here and play regardless of, of how good we are. And, and you took a guy who was a borderline defensive end athlete type, and he leads the nation among two freshmen and wide receiver snaps. They're going to be able to sell him. That'll be on the field early. I do not think that's happening. We talked about uh, St. Thomas Aquinas earlier and Jordan Lyle. Looks like Jordan Lyle may be swinging to Miami. His commitment videos are all off of his Twitter page. William, have you heard anything like this? Well, he has made three visits now to Miami, including one this past weekend. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, as I've been saying, I don't have him on commitment watch, but you'd rather he not be making these visits and, uh, you know, you keep recruiting him and see what happens. Um, you know, again, it is now three visits that he has made to Miami this past season. So it's something that, uh, again, I he's still committed to Ohio State, but you still keep an eye on it. He's not quite as highly rated as people want. I actually got an explanation on that that I will share uh, on the boards today at some point. All right, quickly. Elijah King gets an offer. I'm going to go with no. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that ship may have sailed with these other defensive end offers coming in. I didn't get to the Pickerington versus uh, Lincoln game, so I will try to check out him in the playoffs here again. But that, that ship may have been sailed, and I know that name's come up a lot on this podcast. Speaking of Pickerington, there was a play this past week where Sonny Styles and Jack Sawyer combined for a tackle, and all I could think about was what a strong showing for the pick. All right. I'll answer that's, this. Those are that's different Pickerington's. They're one was the north and one was central. Yeah, I know, but you, the town, it's town pride. The, the whole, yeah. Do you think all four starting defensive line will go to the twenty-four draft? That is Tyleek Williams, uh, Jack Sawyer, JT Tuomolau. Who am I forgetting? Michael Marcus, Hall. Michael, Michael Hall. Hall. Yes, I think all four will go to the league, and. um I think Tyreek Williams is going to be drafted higher than people think. I could see him going in the second round, second, third round. If you're not, if you're a defensive tackle and you don't have any pass rush, he's not a big time pass rusher. Uh, it's hard to get drafted in the first round, but um, I did hear Rick Spielman say he thinks JT has played himself back into the first round with such strong, so, such strong showings. Good Lord. I would not choose that phrase again. Uh, against Notre Dame and Penn State, who have uh, big time uh, the two top offensive linemen theoretically in the draft: Joe Alt, Notre Dame, Olu Fashanu, um, Gonzaga native, by the way. Olu Fashanu blocked for Caleb Williams in high school. I think they were any good. Um, and he's uh, Penn State, and JT did great against him. So, okay, Bill, for you, do you think that we'll flip Dante Carter from Vandy? I have not been told any reason to think he is flipping okay. to Ohio State. Agreed. Doug Shepard, uh, Mark, take this. I don't know how Jones, the running back at Glenville, isn't getting more love. You agree? Doug, you're, yeah, Doug, you're about the fifth person to tell me that this year, and I'm the going to give the same answer I've been given. I think he's a step slow for Ohio State. I think he's a big power back. I think he's going to – have a great playoff run. I've watched him run over many high school guys, but unless he looks a step faster than I saw him last year and what I've seen on tape, I don't think he's going to get the Ohio State love. 
Mark Sherry, did the Bucks look at Chris Cole or Peyton Lewis from Salem, Virginia, Bill? Not to any serious degree that I know of. Yeah, me either. And I would know. Those are my Virginia boys. Charles White, fantastic running back at USC. I wanted to wear number 12 for a while. <laughs> Marcus Allen was his fullback. People don't remember that. Is there any players OSU could flip from the struggling Dabos? I encourage everyone to go listen to Dabo Swinney's highlights from his call-in show last night where he went on a about a 10-minute diatribe of anger against one fan. And uh, old Dabo is fraying at the edges. But, Bill, I digress. Are there any OSU players – excuse me. Are there any players OSU could flip from the struggling Dabos? And I think one of those people would be Sammy Brown, linebacker extraordinaire. Yeah, that was uh, actually I had thought about him this weekend that, uh, you know, what is he thinking right now? You know, he had a high state as one of his top choices, but he committed early to Clemson. And as the first guy I thought of was, what is Sammy Brown thinking right now? Now, having said that, I haven't been told anything that would lead me to believe that he is close to uh, flipping to Ohio State or any other school at this point. And the other thing is, I when you talk about kids – Flipping, I never get too excited about it or think too much until Ohio State uh, offers somebody a scholarship that they haven't previously offered that's committed to another school, as in the case of Amara, Amaris Williams, for instance, uh, Carlin Jones, et cetera. Um, and that hasn't happened so far. Ohio State has not reached out and made any new offers to anybody on the Clemson commitment list to this point. But Ohio State does a good job of keeping track of that stuff. And when they see a situation, they go in and, and uh, look to take advantage of it if they can. I'm not sure if our guy means Salem, Virginia or Salem High School in Virginia. I covered Salem High School in Virginia uh, one year, and they had a player on the team named Percy Harvin. He was good. <laughs> Chad Stryker. Mark, I've noticed he – he being Kyle McCord is still not driving the ball. I know his ankle's been bothering him. That seems to be affecting him. You'd like me to chime in too. You take it first. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I didn't notice that, but go ahead. Yeah, I haven't noticed that. And I actually got that question on the board and went back and watched all the throws from the week before. Maybe he just doesn't drive the ball in general. You know, right. go back to where's his best throw where we said that's where he drove it. And if we're going to compare to that bar, but I think his velocity looks okay. And I'm trying to 
think of the routes we've thrown. I haven't seen a deep dig where we've drove one down the middle. Uh, I've seen the shots to the outside. I've seen the crossers. Uh, I, and I'm not pulling focus on the throw, but maybe we just haven't asked them also to make that deep middle of the field drive throw or that drive to the outside across the field. It's just not a throw that we see in our offense as much. You know, I don't see a wide side out or I don't see a wide side hitch very often. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I don't think it's, he's got a weak arm. I, I but you know what? The, there are quarterbacks that have those crazy snap it off arms and maybe we're looking for that. And that's just, you know, a couple miles an hour faster than what we're seeing. But I, but I wouldn't, I don't think there's anything there. And I, I, I tell you what, watching him limp off the field is more of an indicator. And I don't know if we've seen any throws since he's limped off like that. So th could there be a problem next week? Is that something to watch for? Maybe into the future. Yeah. Certainly some current, good Lord, I'm struggling today. Certainly some concerns with Kyle, but arm strength isn't one of them. He's kind of an interesting quarterback. I'm having an interesting run here with this guy because his good throws look so good that it makes me think, that I have, I should have a reason for the bad throws. And I don't, most guys just aren't that talented or make bad decisions. He makes some great decisions. He makes some, you know, combine throws, like I said, and then he'll throw that ball like he did over the middle when we're driving. And I'm like, what are you doing? Not only was it a bad throw, it, you, I don't know what you saw. You know what I mean? When I see a guy throwing the triple coverage over the middle, it makes me a little oogie. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not even, that has nothing to do with, your arm. And, and sometimes they, they make those throws because they are Superman and they're like, oh, I see a window and they go to rip it. And then that window was, you know, evaporated in front of their eyes and they look silly. But, you know, like I said, this is the first game where you're kind of, uh oh, you know, there was a couple on tape now. So I encourage everyone to go listen to that Dabo thing. And one thing he goes over is uh, he doesn't think fans appreciate enough. They expect too much. Well, Kyle Cord could probably speak to that considering I'm pretty sure his record as a starter is decent and he takes a lot of crap. So you want to talk about standards? Um, also, people are saying how, oh, the quarterback is letting Clemson down. Oakley Cade Klubnick was the number one quarterback in the class. So uh, they probably need to coach a little better. All right, Bill, we're going to get you out of here shortly because I know you have to do a call with future long snapper Morrow Evans, who's getting his – all-American jersey today. Bill, tell me more about the can't about Cantwell, the offensive tackle, and an update on Jordan Seaton. Well, Cantwell is the offensive tackle, a 2026 offensive tackle, arguably the number one or two or worst three offensive tackle in the country in the class of 2026. Ohio State did offer him. I spoke uh, – that was uh, – uh, towards the end of last week, maybe Thursday, if I remember right, and um, spoke with him right after Ohio State offered. He was definitely excited about the offer, but it was in such the early stage. He said he hadn't even really had a chance to really do a lot of uh, evaluation and research on Ohio State yet, but he is interested, and he said that a visit to Ohio State is possible, and he is a very, very good one. I watched his uh, huddle video, and he is uh, – uh, destroying people out there. He's really good. Um, Seton, kind of the same thing. You know, he's still uh, on for his official visit to Ohio State for the Michigan State game. But again, he's changed his schedule a lot of times, a number of times. So 
it's something to keep an eye on. I do expect them still to visit Ohio State, make that official visit. And um, uh, the other schools that have been in the running are still in the running. Um, we'll see what happens. But I think Ohio State is it continues to be uh, uh, definitely a contender for his services. They're going to have to really impress him on the visit. No um, doubt. They're not going to be offering some of the things other suitors will be offering upon arrival, just not the way Ohio State does it. So they've got to really, really impress him when he comes here for the uh, Michigan State game. Dan, it was Jalen Knighton that was coming with Bijan Robinson. Yes, that, at the end it was, but there was a time when there was a time when Jameer Gibbs was committed to Georgia Tech, and every single person recruiting him knew he was going to go to Georgia Tech and flip, and he still went there, and he flipped to Alabama. Um, a couple quickies here. I, there was another one in here that I wanted. Mika Hanna, good point here because I wanted to say this. Hero Canoe flashed. He did, and I want to make a point on that one. Sometimes when defensive linemen flash and you go back and watch, it's because they were unblocked and they get like a running start. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, If you watch the play that I think he's referring to with Canoe, he stands the guy up, shakes him, and gets the kid guy in the hole immediately. That was as impressive or uh, foreshadowing positive tack by a defensive tackle that I've seen in quite some time. Go ahead, Mark. If I remember, it was like a two-gap. He stood the guy up. He kind of – Peaked the one side, said, oh, he's not going to that side. I'm going to get rid of you this side. And that's about as good as a, a play as a defensive lineman can have, yeah. And the running back, by the way, stopped. There are some times when a guy is standing straight up, you'll see him buckle a little bit. Unlike Tyreek Williams, who, like, one-handed, just got a sack. And, by the way, let JT clean it up and started celebrating before the guy was even down, uh, I might add. But he had – Tyreek Williams had, you know, a 300-pounder in one hand and another guy in the other. Very impressive. All right. We can only hope, Doug. All right. Let's get, we'll get one or two more questions here. Okay. I know everyone's telling me Jalen Knight. I don't think we're going to get into uh, Michigan today, guys. I'm not sure what else we can add to that. Um, and I know I've gotten some. He, see, this is when everyone thinks they know better. He did. But he did transfer because his coach left after his junior year and went to Lansdowne, which was a brand new high school. Percy went to Salem his first two years in high school. I'll look that one up. Uh, all right. I got to find one more question and then we will let everyone go. Steve Wynn. And if it's really Steve Wynn, that would be cool. Uh, as I asked the, the taxi driver one time in Las Vegas when Wynn was building a casino, is it going to be bigger than the next one? And he said, they don't build anything if it's going to be not be bigger than the next one. It's Vegas. What player upset what happened at OSU if Manning leaves Texas and comes to the good guys? Wow. Okay. Let's, un, let's Steve went with a – what he's saying is uh, next year – Arch Manning comes to Ohio State. Bill, what would happen if that happened? <laughs> I uh, besides a lot of page views. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I would think that uh, uh, our our site would uh, uh, crash for positivity. That uh, people would be so excited about that now. <laughs> 
I can't say that I've really thought about uh, that happening because uh, I, I, I just don't see that happening. But I, like I said, I'd never like to say never. Hey, you if, know, you were, if you were. I, I have an unpopular take. When I watched Manning come out of high school, I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I thought it was hype. I thought it was overblown. And I think he's not that good. So I don't want him. Okay, like uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, people telling you how great he's going to be. But show me the arm on tape. Show me the stuff on tape. But he's just good. You know, and I don't know if he's really a, a big time player the way, you know, th there's a reason he's not on the field down there. And if he's not on the field, why do we want him? Uh, so, I, I, will add, I will add, I'm very happy with what Ohio State has coming in. And, and, not, and not to uh, mention Aaron that, Norman yeah. And yeah. Tavian St. Clair. I, I'm pretty darn happy with that. Yeah. Tavian St. Clair, I do the pictures a lot for here. That guy looks like a quarterback, man. He has that kind of. He, uh, he threw four touchdowns for me in the first half this weekend, so we'll have a nice little breakdown for him. Got you out of there by halftime. Smart man. All right. John Ariza, getting into mission is like getting into syphilis. Okay, that's how we'll end the show. We will not talk about Maryland, but we will end with the word syphilis. Um, I can't even I can't even start on the whole Michigan thing. Uh, like I said yesterday, and I said to Dave in a text, would I pay a thousand dollars to see them lose to Purdue just for the comedy? Probably, I would. It would be hilarious. They better win, man. They better win. That's all I got to say. They're running hot. They better win. We're always winners when we have these two guys on here. We'll have them back later this week. Good one, Bob.